Welcome to Behave Intelligently, an uncensored exploration of behavior in the workplace, life, and the larger world. Behave Intelligently is co-hosted by fellow behavioral enthusiasts, Jay Johnson and Mark Garrison, and produced by the amazingly talented team at Coeus Creative Group. Thank you for joining this week's edition, where we're going to talk about self-care. So May is Mental Health Awareness Month, Mark, and uh, we had talked about this and maybe doing some uh, discussions around some topic areas that really kind of fall within there. And while we're not psychologists, we do study a lot of psychology as well as giving people behavioral tools to maybe help themselves. We decided to talk about self-care this time in terms of getting people maybe thinking about how can they take better care of themselves. But I'm curious, because I think everybody defines this just a little bit differently. What would you call self-care? Ooh, um, for me, when I reference like my own self-care, it's, I call it me time. And me time can really vary uh, based on what I feel I need at that point in time. Sometimes me time is I need to get out of town. Uh, take a quick little mini vacation, change of scenery. Um, Sometimes I just need to uh, have some quiet time and and to process, think about things. Um, And so me time is my broad title, I guess, for my self-care time. Um, But I know self-care is such a, it's a broad topic and can encompass a lot of different things from, um, emotions, relationships, uh, just overall mental state. Well, and one of the things I want to unpack that you said was it can mean different things almost at different points in times. And I think that's really an important piece because when people, I think often when people think of self-care, it's like, a weekend retreat at a relaxing spa, you know, sauna or a spa in order to completely refresh and rejuvenate. But I think self-care really is, uh, it's nuanced. I think it can be a little bit of this, it can be a little bit of that. So one of the things that I would look at is in what realm, kind of what you're saying is, what realm of self-care? Are you doing emotional self-care? Are you doing physical self-care? Are you doing relational self-care? What does that look like across those different areas? Because when we think about self-care, sometimes we might need a little bit more and it might be that weekend retreat. Sometimes it might just be, hey, I need to take five minutes of this day, pull myself aside, do some meditation, and I'm going to feel better. And I think that that's something really to kind of latch onto. If you're listening, self-care does not have to take all of your weekend. It can be a short amount of time. And it doesn't have to be expensive either. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can do. And I think one thing we've seen a lot, and I, I constantly see on social media or talking to people, you know, they're in 12 hours a day of Zoom meetings. Cool. <laughs> uh, a 10 minute or a five minute self-care break can really help you um, get through those days and manage those days a little bit better. Um, and that's where that doesn't cost anything. Yeah. Going and doing that spa retreat could be an expensive uh, activity that someone might be like, well, I can't afford to do that. But there are other things that you can do you could, you know, if that spa day is, is what you really feel you need, 
you can try to recreate that at home if needed. Well, I think when you, when you talk about that, that five minutes in between the meetings, there has to be some level of intentionality towards self-care, right? Because I have five minute breaks in between meetings all the time, and that might be just me filling up a coffee. That's not exactly what I would call intentional self-care. But if I was to say, all right, I'm going to take these five minutes and I am going to do something that brings me immense joy, or those five minutes are going to be carved out for me to sit down and just do some breathing exercises or some intentional meditation. I think it's really the intent of self-care because we do things as human beings that are in service to the self or self-helpy at any point in time in the day. So What's the distinguishing characteristic between, oh, I have five minutes of a break versus this is five minutes of self-care? And I think that that's really something to distinguish out. Yeah, and I, I think that's right on point. I mean, a five-minute break, if, if it's running to the bathroom, <laughs> inhaling a sandwich and grabbing a coffee before your next meeting, there's not a lot of self-care time in there. Um, but planning that 10 minutes to get away from screens and go for a walk outside if the weather's nice or um, just to close your eyes and, and decompress for a minute, whatever it might be. But I think you're right. It's that intention of what you're going to do on that break. So you might have to plan a 15 minute break in between meetings, 10 minutes of, you know, intentional self-care and five minutes to run to the bathroom, get a coffee and, and grab a sandwich. Well, and, and I love that we're talking about this in terms of minutes, because when we think about how much time we have in a day, I, it look back towards, you know, any of our time management discussions or anything else like that. Finding five minutes a day, finding 10 minutes a day. Most people are like, I can do that. I can find that. But if you say you need to take an hour for self-care, you start to get a little pushback or you start to get, I don't have that kind of time. So uh, really kind of reformatting our own brain to think about self-care, maybe just a little differently, could be something that's really helpful to you. Now, I'll give you a quick example of something that I've been doing in terms of physical self-care. So I've been busy. It's been kind of crazy. We're getting to the you know, the summer season and everything else like that, I've lost my exercise routine. So I just, I haven't been doing as much. I can't wait to get back out walking again. I'm looking forward to that. But over the course of the winter, because I had been losing some of that, you know, desperately needed self-care time, I incorporated a strategy from the habits, you know, that we talk about, habit stacking. I was going to the coffee machine at least five times a day. So uh, getting that coffee, getting that comforting cup of coffee, I paired that, I stacked that with an exercise habit. So every time I went to go get coffee, I would do 20 push-ups and 40 sit-ups. Now, in the big scheme of things, 20 sit-ups and 40 sit-ups in a day is really not going to change your health outcomes all that much, maybe a little bit, but that's about a minute to two minutes, about the long uh, length of time that it takes to brew a cup of coffee. So I would just quickly, you know, pop those out. Well, if I'm hitting the coffee machine five times a day, that ends up turning into 100 push-ups a day and 200 sit-ups a day. And now all of a sudden, that seems much more meaningful. Maybe that's 10 minutes of exercise time that I didn't think that I had in a day to do, but I'm pairing it with something I'm already doing. So I, I, let's really focus on that aspect. We know that self-care helps us in those different capacities. We did an entire podcast on burnout, which is oftentimes 
lack of management of self or management of emotion, physical, or any of those other needs. So let's think about this. How do we, how do we help our listeners maybe look at self-care just ever so differently or you know, take on some different ways that they could essentially take better care of themselves? You know, you, you talked about doing your push-ups and sit-ups when you got coffee. Um, something that I started doing was in between meetings, because my office um, doesn't have any windows. It's an inside room. My, my home office, I should specify, uh, doesn't have any windows. So I don't get any daylight. In Michigan, it's been cold all winter. And so I get up in between meetings and I just kind of wander walking around my house. And I might do a couple laps around the house just to get up and move around, but also to see that daylight because mm-hmm. I would lose all sense of time <laughs> uh, in my office with no windows. And I started doing that when I realized I'm like, wow, I haven't gotten up from my desk in like three hours, four hours, yeah. five hours. I haven't, have not moved. Um, so I started doing that and I found that I felt a lot better after doing those like it was an intentional get up, walk around, doing laps around the house, whatever. Now that the weather's starting to get a little bit nicer here in Michigan, you know, might take the laps outside, uh, wander the neighborhood a little bit. But uh, that I found just was making a huge difference. Well, and that's, again, you know, a lot of it comes to weather and everything else like that. But one of the things you mentioned that and it made me think of one of my favorite things to do, um, sometimes you guys are okay with this when it's not a windy day and sometimes I need to get better headphones. But uh, oftentimes, if I know that I've got a conversation going on with you or any of our other business partners, I'll take the conversation and just go walking. I'll plug in my headphones and I'll go and walk the park that's just locally by. It's almost like a walking meeting that we used to have sometimes when we were face-to-face more often. Uh, but th- I cannot stress the value of a walking meeting enough. Number one, um, you think better when you're mobile and you're moving and your blood's flowing and you're getting oxygen into your system. Uh, but number two, you're getting, you're, you really are actually kind of simultaneously doing a little self-care at the same time that you're maybe taking on a task. So that would be one of the things that I would suggest is where can you couple maybe a walking meeting or if you have an assignment that you have to listen to a podcast or listen to something, can you take that and just go for a walk with it? That is something so easy to kind of pair together. I guarantee you're gonna start feeling better as you do those meetings. So I can't wait for this summer to get out there and actually do some outdoor walking meetings. But in the short term, sometimes you can toss those headphones in and do the same. You know, I know someone who looks at their calendar every day, chooses one meeting that is their walking meeting. Oh, that's kind of neat. So their times vary throughout the day, depending on which meeting they go. Yeah, I can walk during that one. Uh, and they, they do it. And they, they've been doing it uh, since the, the pandemic really started. Uh, I think they probably got stuck at, sitting at their desk quite a bit at home and, and realized and started doing this. But um, they said it's great. And what they do is they try to let the people know in advance, like, hey, uh, this meeting falls during my walking time. I'm going to be walking. So I'm not going to be at a computer to see any kind of screen shares and or take notes. Uh, so if you have notes you need to send me, send them to me in advance, or if you need me to look at something, send them in advance. But during our meeting, um, you know, 
be more than willing to engage and chat and talk through stuff. I, and I thought that was a fantastic idea. That's a really neat idea. And I, I love that it kind of comes into something else that we end up doing that ruins our self-care is that sounds a lot to me like setting boundaries and saying, hey, this is my time. This is my walk time. I'm happy to continue on this meeting. I think that we can have a very productive meeting. Here's what we need to do in advance to make sure it's a productive meeting. And that's literally, I mean, that's creating a boundary to say, uh, this is going to be part of my balance. This is going to be part of my routine. And let's work through any of the challenges that go with this. Because I think oftentimes we're so bound and like, oh, well, I have this meeting. That means I can't do anything else. Well, think about that meeting. Is it really something that can go there? Can you create a boundary that allows you or gives you the opportunity to maybe take it as a walking meeting? Because I think sometimes we're afraid to ask for those types of things up front. I think sometimes that we're afraid to say no. So uh, one of the things that <laughs> this has been one of the boundaries that I have set. And if I'm having a conversation, you know, I'm asked to speak for uh, some of the organizations that we belong to. And there's been a couple that I've said, yeah, that sounds like a really interesting topic. I'd love to help you out, but here is my boundary. I may or may not be taking this keynote from the boat. Um, and it, the internet's perfect out there. There's not going to be any hiccups or anything else like that. If you're cool with that, then absolutely, I'll be happy to speak for you. And they're like, that's kind of awesome. Yeah, no, we'd love to have that. That'll be a cool background. Like, okay, we're good. <laughs> so. Yeah, definitely mixing it up a little bit. I mean, it, as long as your your internet works, great. I mean, what is it? really matter. Well, and, and I think that that's really something that we need to think about is what is the space that you're allowing yourself to be in? Because I can tell you right now, my productivity sapped when I was trying to do all of my work during quarantine in the upstairs. For me, sometimes self-care is literally just what you said earlier, is changing my scenery. And that could be as simple as I'm going to go sit outside or maybe I'm going to go to uh, a local park or something of that nature. Just getting out there and seeing something different can oftentimes be very relaxing for me. It's almost like, a, you know, and I'm a fire, right? In the behavioral elements profile, I'm a fire. I need stimulation in many cases. So if I'm sitting in that same spot, not moving for three hours, looking at the exact same thing, I'm going to lose my mind. So sometimes even just a simple switch of scenery is enough for me to kind of trigger that, oh, different things, moving things, um, you know, birds, uh, <laughs> squirrels, I don't know, something <laughs> to kind of keep my sure. attention running. But I think that that's kind of a lesson there too, is creating space for yourself. What does your space entail? If I'm really getting into self-care, like when I am at my max and I'm definitely stressed out or feeling burned out or close to, I like to go to the, I like to go to the woods. I, I love being in nature. I'll even, I don't even mind taking my technology with me. Sometimes I have to shut off completely, but I don't even mind taking my technology. I can sit in the in the woods, that's the beauty of cell phones and the tethering to, uh, you know, the 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 internet hotspots there. But I can sit in the woods and do my work. It's nice. You breathe easier. You can hear nature around you. That is, to me, you know, quintessential self care. 
Yeah, I mean, that ability to always be connected is is good and bad. Agreed. Um, but changing up that scenery, you know, and once this weather gets a little bit warmer, you know, I like to sit out on my deck with my laptop and get some work done. My wife and I just got back from a quick uh, trip up north where we were only gone for 48 hours, but I felt like I was gone for almost a week. Just the breakaway, enough time to kind of yeah realign. Yeah, just, I mean, yeah, away from all of the day-to-day work stuff. I mean, I still had my laptop in case anything major came up, but just taking that quick 48 hours with a, a change of scenery, it felt so long that we were gone that I was like, wow, we might need to do this a little more often because I felt a little more refreshed after just 48 hours where I imagined if I had spent those same 48 hours at home, I probably wouldn't have felt the same way. Yeah. So we've talked about a couple of things, you know, changing scenery. We've talked about maybe just taking a break or making some time for yourself or making a little bit of time to exercise or to do a walking meeting. So a bunch of really good tips, but I think, you know, when we start to think about the holistic self, like what are we taking care of? What is it that we're actually focused on for self-care? One of the things that we use in our self-care training is something that we call just the wellness checklist. And it's a, it's a quick 10 point checklist that you kind of give yourself a rating and it helps you to essentially say, all right, where am I strong in self-care? Where am I maybe not as strong in self-care? What is an area of my life I wanna focus on and an area of my life that I'm doing pretty good in because I think self-care can be a continuum. Maybe this week, my self-care is high. Maybe next week, self-care is not so high. So that's one of the things that we had talked about in terms of a, a valuable tool. And what Mark and I had discussed was we're going to actually release that next week as a bonus episode for you as the audience at home to be able to kind of take that self-wellness checklist and be able to determine what are some of the areas that I want to work on, or maybe what are some of the places that I'm doing really well in, and maybe I can keep that up. So that's going to be a tool that we're going to provide to you. But I want to talk about the couple of the categories, because I think that we've talked, maybe walking can cover the exercise, maybe dropping and giving me 10, you know, while you're waiting for a coffee, that can cover some of the physical. What are some things that maybe we can offer our audience? And if you have ideas, audience, please shoot us an email at podcast at coeuscreativegroup.com. We'd love to hear your feedback. What are some of the things that maybe you do for self-care or something that we could share on our social media that would help out other listeners with their self-care? So again, that's podcast at coeuscreativegroup.com. But let's talk about the emotional side of things. So I'm not a very emotional person. I don't share my emotions. I don't release, but, uh, you know, that out into the atmosphere all that often. But I have a couple of things that I try to do to make sure that I stay somewhat emotionally regulated. Uh, What are some things that maybe we could look at from the emotional side? You know, I think one thing is just really assessing where you're at emotionally on some of the topics, figuring out what, you know, I look at stuff in in terms of what do you have control over? You know, do you have control over the outcome and trying to manage it from that perspective? I guess emotion and and maybe stress, uh, I kind of handle very similarly. 
Um, you know, can you, can you make an impact? If not, stop agonizing over it. Stop letting it drain you or bring you down. Um, look at the things that you're doing really well with. A lot of people tend to only look at the, the bad things going on in their life, but also focus on the good things. So a little gratitude action there, that can always be helpful and kind of getting yourself out of that spiral. I think that's actually where exercise helps me get out of any kind of spiral. But I, I love what you said there because I think one of the things that I do um, from the emotion side is I'm not somebody that's like, I'm gonna go and I need to talk to somebody. That's, that's really just not my forte. Um, I would rather talk about sciencey stuff or something like that. But I think like having a good thumb on exactly what emotion I'm experiencing that I do through journaling or through our planner, you know, I'll sit down and I'll say, all right, what I'm, I'm clearly expressing some kind of frustration or anger or disappointment or sadness or whatever those emotions are. I have to be able to label it, but then I also try to give myself a quick rating on it. Like, all right, on what level am I rating this? Is this something where it's uh, a high frustration? Is it a medium frustration? Is it a low frustration? And then what I try to do is, is actually write out what about it is frustrating me. That's one of the best ways that I have found for myself personally. And, and again, I'm coming at it from a fire here. I know a water element might want to have a conversation or get it off their chest or collaborate with somebody or hear somebody else. I know an earth might want to, you know, structurally process it. Maybe that's, a, I'm almost a little earth and fire there, I would say, because I'm kind of structural in that. But And people say you have no earth. I know, right? Look at this. But, you know, for me, that actual, even just the writing it down oftentimes gives me that opportunity. And I hate to say this, but to laugh at myself and be like, really, this is the hill you're going to die on today. Like you just wrote down everything that is frustrating you about this. Are you going to actually even give this a second thought next week? And usually the answer is no. And at that point in time, I can just almost feel that fade off of my chest or feel it just kind of go away. Now, interestingly enough, I can hold on to that anger up until the point that I do that. So I know that it is actually the, the act of writing it down that has that impact of what I would call an intentional self-care uh, approach to managing that sort of emotional side, side effect. When I think you're writing it down is kind of what I was talking about with sort of assessing where you're at. Mm -hmm. I think your process of writing it down is, is you're assessing what's causing it, what's triggering it, where you're at. Um, and I guess I took a pretty strong earth approach. I mean, I have a, I have a strong earth side to me. So um, mine is a little more structured in terms of those things. I like to see what's going on. What is, what are all the different pieces? How are they, how are they in play with each other? And can I do anything about it? If I can't, I, in every scenario is different. But essentially, it comes down to how can I release it, get rid of it. And each scenario I've got to tackle differently because, you know, there's different approaches and, and different ways to handle it. Um, I saw this thing on, I think it was on uh, Instagram the other day. Someone shared just, a, you know, an image with a little phrase on it. And it was, if it's not going to bother you in five years, don't worry about it today. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, that's a good way to sort of look at things. And because you had said, you know, if, it, if it's not going to irritate you next week or 
uh, you know, impact you next week, laugh it off or move on. Well, and I think it just kind of provides a little context, right? Like, okay, yes, this is frustrating me. I have a right to feel frustrated about it. I have a right to that emotional connection. But at the same time, do I really, really want to continue to put cortisol into my body and adrenaline into my body and norepinephrine into my body, shutting down my immune system, shutting down my thinking capacity? Oh my gosh, this isn't worth it. So there, I just kind of went a little sciencey on it, but <laughs> you know. And I think that there's just so many simple things that we can do to really kind of help ourselves out there, you know, and, and we obviously have some tactics that we, again, we're going to do something fun for you as the audience to share some of these tactics. But one of the things that I have found uh, to be incredibly useful is, and I use the, I use the Calm app. So you may have heard of it. It's a, uh, there's Calm, there's Headspace, there's a number of different apps that you can use. I actually like Calm because they have 10 minute intervals and I, I tell myself I can find 10 minutes a day. So if I'm having a frustration or if anything else, I don't have a routine meditation, but if I'm, if I'm experiencing those emotional moments, I might actually just kind of pull back have a, a 10 minute meditation session facilitated by calm and focus on my breathing for 10 minutes. Taking a couple of deep breaths, inhaling in and out helps to expel some of those toxins that our brain dumps into our body when we're experiencing high stress or high anxiety. And I tend to find that that's something very quick that I can do to kind of pull myself out. Once I'm out, it's a lot easier to kind of write down or sit down and kind of think through all of the things that were frustrating me and then really let it go. So that's something that I would say is if I'm in the, if I'm in the heat of it, maybe writing it down is not going to be my first act. It might be something simple like breathing or meditating. Yeah. Mine is uh, a lot of times just more, I need a, a few minutes of quiet time. Uh, I can close my eyes, whatever it is, just to shut all the other essentially stimulus down. Mm -hmm. Let me process for a second. Uh, and then go from there. Well, and it's kind of funny that you say that because there's other times, especially like, and I think that this was, yeah, it goes back to hockey more than likely, or even when I was doing mixed martial arts is when, uh, you know, you, you have that sort of energy or whatever it is, like I'll turn on, I can go anywhere from classic music to Rage Against the Machine. And there's some days that I just need Rage Against the Machine in my life, somebody yelling and, and you know, loud guitars. And then there's other times that Mozart's going to be the answer for me. So sometimes more stimulus, sometimes less. But I think, and, and to your point, is everybody's going to look at it slightly differently. There may be some things that hopefully you're pulling something out of here uh, that you're going to be able to use or maybe say, hey, you know what, I might try that or I might jump in there and give that a shot. But it's really about sort of knowing what works for you or what is either calming or energizing for you. And I think that a lot of self-care is so, so subjective and so personal. I mean, we could talk about things that we do to try to take care of ourselves all the time. Um, so hopefully these kind of prompt a few ideas, but really think about your own self-care. Like, what is it? What, write down 20 things that bring you joy that make you happy, um, that, may, that hopefully have a positive physical, emotional, and 
uh, mental impact on you. So, you know, something like walking, something like gardening, something like meditation, yoga, Tai Chi, whatever your, whatever your things that bring you joy, write some of those down. Because once you have that list, I promise you, you can find five minutes to start executing one of those things on your list, especially if you're having that day where you just need to take the five minutes. You know, five minute art or five minute drawing in between meetings, things like that. I think that would be fantastic. I think of like coloring, right? Like there's a lot of people that find coloring to be very relaxing or anything else. What if that was your intentional focus of self-care in between a meeting? Just taking five minutes and you were like, ah, oh, but I could color for hours. Yeah, you could. But if you enjoy it, if you find a value to it, taking even five minutes here and then picking it back up after your next meeting for five minutes and then picking it back up for the next meeting after five minutes, you know, you started, wow, I just did this for 15 minutes and maybe you are feeling a little bit more balanced. So I think that's kind of the overall thing is, Start small, whatever it is, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll provide you some resources and maybe think about it, but starting small is a great way to start towards self-care, whether that's physical, emotional, or mental. So let's bring it into some final thoughts. We've got a handful of different things, walking meetings, taking a breath, uh, looking at, you know, looking at your list of things that bring you joy, could be listening to music, could be getting out in nature, could be journaling, could be a number of the things that we talked about. Hopefully those different strategies or some, some things that you can adopt real quick. What's a final thought for you, Mark, in terms of really kind of bringing it home for our audience in self-care? You know, it is just about putting that intentional time, as you called it, into your day and whatever that's whatever the solution is or whatever the activity is that you need to do do that but make sure even if, if you have to put it on your calendar to start put it on there and and just make sure that you're doing it oftentimes your calendars can get so full that you go oh i don't have time today so you know maybe that first baby step is putting it on your calendar to get it done and then building that into your day-to-day -day practice where you, you don't actually have to schedule self-care. Well, wouldn't that be nice if we didn't have to? But I love that, the intentionality of sort of pre-planning it or creating a routine. The other thing that I would say, and just to add on to that is, don't underestimate how valuable five minutes of self-care can be in a daily basis. We can all find five minutes a day. We, maybe we can't carve out an entire hour. Maybe we can't carve out a weekend retreat. That's okay. You can still take actions that will essentially prompt and give you some sense of balance. So we hope that you enjoyed this week's episode and thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed it, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you might be listening. Let us know what you think about the episode and please email us your self-care thoughts at podcast at coeuscreativegroup.com. If you want to learn more about Coeus Creative Group, you can visit our website or connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Tune in next time when we talk more about behaving intelligently.